The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. to the real recap this is the real pod recapping celebrity treasure island so excited my name is jane yee joined by alex casey and duncan grieve if you're new to us uh, we do have a regular kind of a podcast where we just talk junk but this is a very serious and focused pop-up podcast dedicated to recapping Celebrity Treasure Island, because it's worth it. How are you, Duncan? How are you, Alex? Very well. Very excited about this. This show has delivered already. And I'm so so glad that we took a big swing on it and decided to do this weird (laughs) new format. (laughs) I think the whole country is waiting for Celebrity Treasure Island. That's certainly the vibe I'm getting from sitting at home and not going on social media. And, uh, and yeah, the, the, I watched three episodes back to back and was extremely taken by how quickly the legends in particular descended into like really quite rancorous dislike of one another. Loved it. Holy shit. Before we dive into the weeds or, or, or um, get into the, in the drink, uh, as Chizo says, whenever anyone goes anywhere near water, um, we have a bingo game. That's up on our Instagram, so you can go to the Spinoff Podcast Network. There's a bingo game you can take part in. We had to, like, write it not knowing what was going to happen, uh, and already <laughs> the first three episodes you've probably got half your card filled. Like, so many great classic tropes from Celebrity Treasure Island, people crying, people vomiting, someone self-eliminating the works. But let's start off with our team. So we've got a Legends team, a Bosses team, and a Jokers team. Uh, Honu, Ripu, Ripu, and Katapo. So <clears throat> you've got. Do I need to run through the names of people? There's just there's so many. I think it's fine. There's so many. When you guys watched it, you know who's there. Compared to <laughs> compared to sixteen last season, it feels like mammoth. And I think it's genius to split the teams up like vaguely thematically because now it's like everyone's yeah. everyone's got something to prove. And it's, like, real tense already. <laughs> it's massively tense. I, I, I agree that it's really smart because I also think that the it makes it, like, just as a viewer from a cognitive exercise, like, it's it's it used to be that, you like, that the teams had some combination of it were, like, an insect and a colour, but it was also just, like, a glob of people. Like, it's quite mm. easy to... To, whereas now they have all of that plus this name that kind of describes their, their vibe. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's real funny. Cause I think that they very deliberately, which is obviously like the thing to do when you're casting in any celebrity thing is you do a mix of high name recognition for general population plus people mm. with big social followings, but mm. I, I, which I thought was quite interesting. So I watched it with, um, my 12 year old daughter was like, I literally know who none of these people are. So clearly like a dead weight loss for the under 12 contingent but then I also read this review on I think it was the Herald that basically said I I only know who four of these people are which is 
incredibly bad pop culture knowledge. I actually I, no. What they said, they were speaking on behalf of like Pam from Mosgiel, because basically what they said was, well, working in the industry, I know who these people are. But for the average New Zealander, you'd be challenged to name five of them, which is a absolute bullshit. It's just bullshit. It's not true. And and I think that that's one of the show's great benefits in terms of the casting is like, you know what? Like I know maybe half to two thirds, but I'm I'm really into them all. Like it's good to kind of meet some new yeah. celebrities. I'm bored of our mm-hmm. celebrities. No disrespect to them. You're yeah. all lovely people. <laughs> some of you are lovely people. Some of you some of you are terrible. But you know. <laughs> Basically, I, I want more, and I got some more. But it's also just giving recognition to different streams of fame, you know, like influencers who have huge followings, different streams of fame. I was just going to say, it's like it's fine to not know them. I think if you're jumping on Facebook and going, who? Or like, it's like, you should be embarrassed, you know? Mm. You should just sit quiet and do your research and you might find out something about, you know, like an interesting TikTok comedian you've never heard of. I hate this, like, aggression towards... It's like, you've got Buck Shelford. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what more and do you Art, want? I mean, who doesn't know who Art Green and Angela Bloomfield are, for crying out loud? Also, <laughs> let's take a second to talk about representation on our screens because you've got some good representation there. If we don't use a format like this to represent some people who need to be represented in the mainstream more, then we're just going to have the same cycle of bloody old white aging mm. all blacks. I am told. I am told that um, when they were announced, and everyone was like, "Who about Joe Damon?" That he set his following commenting on everything about that he was like a celebrity chef, (laughs) 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 and like trolled all the comments. And then I think they did something similar with Lance Savali as well, who is like easily the most world stage famous, coolest guy. He rules. Just take a minute and do some fucking reading. Embarrassing, New Zealand. I think if anyone, if anyone can't name or doesn't recognise five of those people, revoke citizenship, you're off. <laughs> Get off the island. Speaking of which, we're not actually on the island, but we're on the North Island. We're up, th- we're up in Northland or, somewhere. Or are we on an island? I think we're on an island in Northland. I don't think no, so. No, we're not no. on an doesn't island. Look, doesn't doesn't no. feel islandish to me. It feels like... It feels like uh, just a, a beach, a it's beach true. in Northland. But I did like the way that uh, Chizo acknowledged Nadi Kuti as you know um, the uh, Manu fin- uh, Mana and just the, the whole way that they have um, just generally embraced our Māori through the, mm. that first episode in particular. Just like it didn't feel. Like it felt very natural. It felt appreciated by the the cast, and yeah, it was um, it was cool. Mm, there's a good That's stuff cool. story about um, how closely they worked with the iwi during production. I think they actually the um, the uh, Rako corridor they car- Nati Kuri did the carvings on it and all that. So it's like it's very. Um, I think they did it very kind of respectfully and closely, which is cool. I don't know if all the um, survivors past and Treasure Islands past have been that respectful of the uh, <laughs> indigenous culture of the land. <laughs> no, but let's, hope, let's hope this is, that we've turned a new corner here. Uh, love to see that the old Krypton style challenges haven't changed, the Krypton factor style challenges. Uh, love the groupings, as, you, as you've said, Duncan. It helps me mostly just to, I know I know what group everyone's in. It's, the, like, it's the, always the biggest challenge. And then when you've got 21 celebrities, being able to go, okay, 
you're in the boss's group, you're in the leader's group, you're in the joker's group, just makes it so much easier to compartmentalise everyone. Uh, I love how badly the Legends team is falling apart. And hot take, I don't love Munter. I don't love Munter. I don't love Buck. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I don't like Buck. I don't like Munter. That real angry sports guy attitude. Mm-mm. It's I don't just, have time for that. How did they get there so quickly? Like... It, it's really bizarre to me. Like, Buck Shelfer just absolutely sucks, which is hard for me to say as a man of a certain age, um, but clearly just has a bad personality. And yeah, <laughs> Tammy is, like, like just, like, really, really unpleasant. Honestly, Angela Bloomfield seems kind of annoying too. The whole team is like they – it sort of seems like this quite deliberate uh, thing where they've just stuck a lot of – like, there's, a, there's two extreme chemistry teams – especially mm. the Jokers, and then there's like a mm. bad, bad juju. I'm almost feels like deliberate casting of people who are just going to rub each other the wrong way. Uh, great television, though, so. I feel sorry for Angela Bloomfield. I feel like there's a, a bit of a boys' club going on in the Legends, and I feel sorry for Angela because I do think that teamwork and, you know, getting to know your team is such a huge part of it. We can see how much difference it makes in a team, like you mentioned, like the Jokers. And the legends are just stiff upper lip, win at all costs. <laughs> but also just like maybe their bodies are defying them a little bit, this, you know, at this point in the game. Um, mm. And I don't like how how much the weakest link is being pushed on Angela. I say that because I'm a, a, a short mum who cries a lot. <laughs> and I really relate. <laughs> and I love to talk things out. <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was very harsh to say that she was trying to, like, play the sympathy card just by trying to get people to, like, talk about their, themselves and share anything about their lives. That, that I is did, classic anything, sympathy card. anything, it's the empathy card. <laughs> I also just love, like, the fury of Buck being like, I don't like fucking losing to the team. And it's like, you're a bunch of adults trying to do a puzzle with a turtle, <laughs> turtle on it on a beach in Northland. Like, the absurdity of the franchise, which I think in the past is like, you know, been played up to be quite hokey. For whatever reason, something's happened and everyone going into this is so hard out. And I don't know whether it's like because it's on home soil or because the production was like pushed a bunch but it just feels so different this time around. Like, it feels like Survivor. It's really yeah. nuts the way, yeah. Like, but Buck, that, that quote was, I don't like coming fucking last. I like to win at all costs. Like, <laughs> and he comes from a generation of all black, where, which was amateur era. Uh, you know, he's most famous for having his scrotum ripped open in a game and playing on. Like, mm, which mm. is, you know, that is very close to all costs. And but it's just an amazing thing to see a man with that record carrying that mentality onto, as you say, Alex, the silliest, most <laughs> charity aside, low stakes idiot show, and just being roundly furious at his stink team, which, by the way, he sucks at all the stuff too, um, right from the start. Amazing, amazing. Yeah. So He's good. a knight. Um, he is a knight of the realm. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Retract it, I say. Um, Anna is Honu team captain. She's a little bit uh, out of her depth in that. I don't know that. There's too many, like someone said, too many cooks in the kitchen. There's too many leaders in that team. It is imploding. Um, 
and what else? I mean, I've, I've done everything. I've written everything down in sort of chronological order, but it feels too uh, it feels too hard to just like go through every challenge and. Every... Are we at a production meeting? We have a production <laughs> meeting right here. This is how it goes. Welcome along to the New Look podcast. Um, let's just go through team by team. I reckon. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, so okay. let's keep so talking about the legends. Richie Barnett is cool. He's very fit. He's kind of zen. I think mm. they'll probably send him home really soon and then the whole team's doomed. But otherwise, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I feel bad for um, for Joe Nafahu, who self-eliminated at the end um, of the three episodes. He's not, he's not like on that really team, though, so we're supposed to be staying with the legends. Oh, I didn't see, see how I said that I was really good at, at figuring out who was in what team. I'm not. It's still the same old me. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> who else is in Honu that's, like, out of place? Is it just Ange? Because she's the only one. I guess Munter's not an athlete either. But but everyone else is no, like, see, I thought that was the thing. I thought because Munter has been the most vocal about mm. Angela being, you know, such a crybaby. And I would have thought that as actors, as the non-athletes in that team, that they would, uh, you know, they'd bond over that. I wonder like, if they've got history or something because he, he seems to have like a the kind of dislike that it's very hard to escalate to in 24 hours. Yeah, he's got. Maybe he's just playing a part. Who knows? Maybe he's like this is method for him. I like maybe he um, wants to do Castaway like, too. I like big old Casey Frank. Oh, rest in peace, of course. Rest in peace. First off, the island. Um, X breaker. Did he win anything for his charity? Probably not. It was. He was in and out. I find it really funny when someone like the first person to go. Like Chizzo's departing speech, like, you yeah, made such a big impact. And then his speech about kind of like, oh, I've had a really nice two days. <laughs> <laughs> First eliminations on reality shows are always so funny when they have to do a little speech. I think it's worse on celebrity reality shows because there's some sense that being on any one of these shows is on some level like a bit of a stoop. Especially if you're yeah. like a, yeah. you know, you've represented New Zealand and all this kind of thing, and then to just be immediately sent home, it's it's like you get all of the humiliation of agreeing to go on the silly show, and none of the reward of actually like doing anything on it. Yeah, and also like you know, presumably he would have quite liked to make some money for his charity, and also. People perhaps wanting to increase their public profile a little bit. If you're off in the first, by the end of this, we're going to have forgotten that he was even on the show. Well, Casey Frank as well. Like, so Casey Frank was in the Breakers, and he was a sort of from my from memory, he was like a he was a, like a quite good centre. But then he retired, became a commentator, and got like crazy jacked. Do you remember this TI here? And then they had like a run of injuries at centre and he came out of the commentary booth, played centre and was kind of better than he was in his normal playing days and was just like a physical beast. And he was at pains to underline that he was a physical beast on the show. Like it was like people are just scared of it. And it was like, I think that that's the the real tragedy is that he didn't get to show what a physical beast he is uh, in front of the nation. He definitely got to lift Anna Simsek up a pole. Once. That's yeah. true. Yeah. That something. He, he can put that on his CV. <laughs> Shall we move on to the bosses? Yeah. Fire what a team. Or just oh. oh, this team. I mean, truly, I thought this was going to be a disastrous team because, you know, there's some influences in there and I was just like, 
Let's Joe. let's let's tell the listeners who, who's on the team because it's okay. It's Jonah Fahu apparently, Art Green, Lance Savali, Candy Lane, Edna Stewart, Jess Tyson, and Tegan Yarworth. This is Edna probably Swart. the team that. Her name's Edna Swart. <laughs> oh, it's it's done it again. It's, <laughs> It's autocorrected. Autocorrected. Sorry, in this one. But this is a team that probably, if you're Joe Average, if you're Pam and Modskill, you probably don't know as many people from this team. Uh, but if you're heavily on the internet, you probably know heaps of them. Uh, but as it turns out, they're all athletes. They're all like crazy fit uh, and just extremely strong and full of confidence. Very competitive. You know? They got very lucky, I think, having Lance as their captain because he's not a sort of swing it around command and control type leader. He's he's a he's a, like a listening, feeling, let's figure this out kind of leader. And I think with all of the sort of big personalities, the bosses are meant to be sort of entrepreneurs and, you know, quite type A personalities. And I think he has got them together and, and working harmoniously in a really like a way that's actually quite lovely to see on the TV. I also think Lance is playing an interesting game, though. I do feel like he's got this slight, like, Jack Sparrow-y <laughs> <laughs> kind of, like, joke, jokery energy where it's like he, he might be putting on some kind of facade. He's real good in those bluff challenges when he's, like, yeah. doing the extra mimes and stuff and, like, <laughs> kind of fucking with people. I'm Yeah, I'm very into Lance as, like, I think... Maybe the best celeb on the show. <laughs> yeah, agree. Yeah, he's great. He's I I really appreciated that um, the Joe Nafahu and Lance Savali friendship that was beginning to blossom, and it just ended too soon. Uh, yeah, that was so was, sad. I was. That, that challenge was so, with Kimberly Crossman just in ribbons. I mean, I, I don't know. Are we jumping too far ahead? No, no, it's no, fine. Right. No, we're all, all over the shop. That's how we do it. It was so intense. Both of those end kind of elimination challenges. I have been like l- quite literally on the edge of my seat. <laughs> <laughs> and she was just like going, she having this very kind of like public vocal like working through her negative self-talk and anxiety yeah. and then was just, like, starting to cry and just cried through the challenge and then got eliminated, but then Jonah Fahu stepped up instead. It was just, like, it was amazing television. It's the it best. was. And do you know what? When I was watching that, I paused it just before the elimination challenge to see how long there was to go. There was, like, nine minutes left to go. And I was like, oh, God, they're going to drag this out for nine minutes. And it it went by in a, in a blink of an eye. Like, just everything about the way they've edited it, like the tension remains, the celebrities are putting on an amazing show. I'm feeling really bad for Kimberly Crossman because I'm like, height was definitely an advantage in this challenge. Mm. Um, and she, I know she's a shorty, and I don't know, I think we could all relate to being under that pressure. <laughs> but she has to do it on the telly in front of people. And then I do think... Sorry, I'm scrambled. But I do think that she should have been, um, because Joe stood down, I think she should have had to go into the bosses group. That should have been the caveat of her staying on. Because they'd essentially lost someone when they didn't, you know, they'd won, but they they'd got won the, clue, the team challenge. They did, no, they did, uh, no, they didn't. They got a pirate treasure for the win. Well, oh no, that, that was uh, no, Richie. That was, that was Richie. He was like, "That's that's gold." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't that's think true. it is. <laughs> but I think but also also that, um, the bosses lost someone. The bosses lost someone
and I and and the Joker's got to get to keep someone who theoretically should have been gone. So I think that person should have been transferred to the bosses. The problem is the bosses are just so unbelievably strong that they could stand down Art Green, yeah. you know, reality yeah. TV <laughs> genius par excellence, and then it have no discernible impact on their performance. So I think that's that's the issue is that they this production really needs to figure out a way to make that complete alpha beast mode team sort of vaguely approachable by any you know, by the others. Yeah, that's true. There's two there's two things about crying I want to say. Number one, the only reason I didn't cry during that whole bit where Kim didn't win the challenge and then Joe said that he was going home and, like, everyone was in tears. The only reason I didn't cry in my very own living room was that there was someone else in the living room with me. Otherwise, I would have been in buckets. Secondly, Art Green was nearly in tears when he got stood down from that challenge. When he got <laughs> yeah, stood he down. Gutted. <laughs> he was so gutted when he got stood down from the, the team challenge uh, by Katapo, who had a reserve bench card. It was amazing. He was just like, I'm so sure. Oh, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> That's I what I mean about I the weird sleeves off my t-shirt for nothing. Like the that's right, he knifed going a bit like... them. <laughs> but that's what I mean, like about the weird stakes. If someone, I mean, granted, I am not a celebrity. I want to make that very clear. But if I was on this show and someone was like, "You want to sit this one out?" I'd be like, "Fuck yeah!" But you know, yeah, 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 they're they're that. that looks awful. But you've got to understand that I, 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 Green's body is a work of art. May, may I quote? Being the boss of looking delicious, which was the objectifying um, of him that happened by um, by one of the hosts. But I also think, like, he, the guy just wants to compete. Like, that, that season of The Bachelorette with Moses, he just, I'm both the host and I'm, like, an intense competitor <laughs> as often as possible within, you know, against Moses Mackay. So I think that, like, the he went up there just incredibly excited about the opportunity to use this insane, like, cruise missile of a body to do all kinds of, you know, intense athletic stuff. And so he's, like, psyched himself up and then has to, has to sit out and, and um, you know, it's, it's, it's not the one. Well, everyone's facing their own personal challenges, aren't they? Including Art not being able to do the things his body was made to do. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, I did cry, Jane. I will say I, I actually cried weirdly. It's goes to show my vulnerable mental state. When Brinley won the blocks challenge. Oh, how good was she, though? I was just so proud of her. Like, she just did such a good job, and it was so tense when the blocks kept falling. And I was just like, she's so close, and I didn't I, I really did stay. not want Yeah, I didn't want her to go on. So there's been some kind of, like, support names that have been floating around so um chris parker's got the the parker rangers and i'm trying to think of one for brinley it's really her ha- name's really hard to work with and i came up with brin mates i feel like you can uh, do like something with the fates that, that like that's actually very good very Thank good you. but can you do but something apparently already out in the ether is is um is brin reapers but it's also quite good. So. That's quite good. I think you can do something with stent, though, like the fact that it keeps what? your artery open mm. so that your heart stays pumping. Like, there's workshop there. Come on. That's that's ext- that's extremely smart stuff, though. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, knew, I knew vaguely that stents are something medical, <laughs> but, but I couldn't turn that into a fan group, you know? <laughs> 
come back to me if you, get, if you think of something. But I'm think I'm going to between this episode and next, I'm going to come, try and come up with as many fan group names as I possibly can. Let's talk about the Jokers. I don't think I need to come up with one for Buck, though, because I don't think there's going to be any fans. Okay, the Jokers. The Jokers are my favourite team because they're lols and they're just having a good old time and they love each other. And eventually we know the wheels will come off. They have to. Uh, but for now, it's just a nice time. It really feels like um, Chris Parker, I would say, is like the narrator of the show. <laughs> yeah. At this point, I feel like they're really going to him a lot in interviews and he's really good for those kinds of like cutaways and they're like let's see how uh how Katipo's doing and it'll just be Chris like swanning around on the beach <laughs> like I love Northland <laughs> just wearing the really tiniest like fluoro trunks <laughs> yeah it's a really good time I like Lana as well I didn't know much about Lana Searle but she was very good in that captain's challenge with the bluffing she's, she she's a very good captain I feel like she's really got the uh she's really got a captain's vibe I um, would like to on, say, though, that challenge was very boring. Like, have I respelled the words correctly? In general, I think these, I'm so curious about these challenges, but the that, that one is like, <laughs> that, that should have been an online extra, you know? <laughs> yeah, it was also flawed because there was a point where, like, if uh, if the other two didn't, you know, it was like a point, it was at match point, and if, if they put down different answers, then the other per- the person who was uh, up for, was definitely going to win. So they kind of were bound to having to say the same thing, whether it were true or false. And it's very boring in explanation. It was very boring to watch as well. I also love the complicated main challenges where Chizo runs through everything and everyone's faces are like, mm, mm, and I'm like, <laughs> you are definitely running them through that four more times off camera before anyone knows at all what they're doing. <laughs> Take some balls, throw them in a basket, then put it back exactly the way it was and then walk along the plank and three people have to jump over the hoop and it's just like crazy. They must have someone run through it and like do a visual of what they have to do, surely, before they start. That's what I want to see. I want to see the B-roll. I also want to know if they've got their phones because these are celebrities. Do they get access to their phones at all to check on mum, check on the kids? Check on the Instagram followers, anything like that. What do you reckon? I think so. I think they. I think they get. I, I think their living conditions are real and the food is real. But I reckon they must get to call home. Don't you reckon? I well, mean, JJ Fox clearly inquired about um, the laundry. <laughs> exactly. So there, there must funny. be some non-negotiables a few of them would have had. And I reckon phone access at some point is probably one of them. You know, even if it's an hour a day or whatever. I think that maybe they don't sleep there. Yeah, I I think maybe they don't. Nah, and I, I think they that, do. That, we're not seeing any overnight stuff, are we? In fact, we're not seeing any night stuff at all. Even the cha- the elimination challenges, which traditionally take place by torchlight, these are celebrities. Are like at two in the afternoon. But what about the the soggy mattress, as it were? <laughs> yeah, because no one slept on it. <laughs> Someone slept on it, got wet. How weird was that <laughs> comment when he was like, when Manta was like, we tripped over, we like walked over Buck and we thought we tripped on his leg, but it was whap, I like had a little like boing, like editing thing. Suggesting oh that God. it was maybe something else? And they just Who dropped knows? in that they were naked or something. I think it was just probably trying to make a lull, but yeah. Who knows? But like you say, I'm, I'm suspicious. I want to know the truth and I want to know 
how closely guarded these truths are. Like what kind of vault is the phone situation and whether or not they sleep in the food situation? How closely guarded are those secrets? Because I also reckon they're getting, like when they did the melon challenge and they all got to take melons back to camp with them. And I'm like, I don't, that wouldn't happen on Survivor. You'd have to do a challenge to win a melon. You don't just get to scoop mm. up mouthfuls of melons and take them home and have a, have a lovely knife to chop them up into perfect little triangles with. They're definitely getting concessions. Even if it is just melons. It's just good to have a lot of melons. But as we famously know, the melons had their revenge <laughs> on uh, poor Chris Parker. <laughs> what happened? I missed that. He got the shits. <laughs> did he? How did I miss that? Was this know, on was the table? Like yeah, it was a throwaway comment when they were at camp. Like they, I think it was either the next day or something, they were talking about the watermelons <laughs> backfiring <laughs> on them. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Which is Chris funny. Also- I mean, like, JJ Fong also had, like, a very intense physical reaction to that um, <clears throat> wasabi avocado challenge. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, I'm not surprised. And she was just like, oh, I haven't eaten. I'm like, is it that or is it that you just, like, chowed down on wasabi? Speaking of someone who has, in the wild, uh, <laughs> got some experience with this <clears throat> and, and has eaten, like, a lot of wasabi wasabi, and um, under the misapprehension that it was avocado, it's not good. Like, it's – if if – if, if the quantity was right, if that was like pure wasabi and not just like a little bit, then it's little wonder that their, their guts weren't right. Mm. I think we're going to see a lot more bad guts in the coming weeks, and I'm here for it. Uh, I like when we talk about Chris Parker being um, the narrator, I like the bit where he was talking about between elimination, between the, the team challenge and the elimination, that those are like the worst hours of his day, and everyone's just like lying around stewing. And it's just, it's palpable, like, the shots that they used uh, to background that. Everyone is kind of just assuming that they're going to be put up for elimination. And as soon as anyone says, how are you? They're all like, I think I'm going home. I think I'm going home. (laughs) How do you guys think you would fear in this environment? Just say we're celebrities, we're not. But say we are and we get pulled into Celebrity Treasure Island. Hmm. Okay, by, like, comparison to someone who's there? Because I think I'd be Ange. (laughs) I'm definitely Ange. I'd be crying atop a hill within, like, half an hour. (laughs) Yeah. Who are you, Dunk? I don't know who precisely I am. Probably Munter. But, um, (laughs) like, too competitive, got no physical tools. But I think, but I was watching it going, if there was a way to do this, just as, like, a fun activity with your mates or your colleagues or something I'd so do it like it looks real fun to me Um, it looks fun to me too and it's kind of everything I hate like not being in bed not being able to watch (laughs) television not being able to eat heaps of junk food I'd uh, I'd want to do a day on my phone it's a day to me maybe a weekend a weekend thing I wouldn't do six weeks of it or whatever they do but um what about um what about outward bound why don't you just do adult outward bound (laughs) <laughs> well, that sounds weird, doesn't it? Adult it does. Adult totally outward bound. <laughs> That's reference to our previous podcast, actually. That's uh, in the feed. If you didn't catch it, make sure you go back and listen to it. Um, <laughs> I think that I would. I, I actually, this season makes it look fun, and I don't know if it's just because it's early days, but I reckon I'd be up for it, except the fact that one team's only got one roll of toilet paper. I think that my team would turn against me real quick in that situation. 
Because I would hog the toilet paper. <laughs> would you be not putting putting away the sheets, Jane? <laughs> it's not a that real, I'm excessive about using head. toilet paper. It's just that it's it's a oh god, I've said too much. What about the poo cave? You'd like that, wouldn't you? Hey, so the poo cave is water, right? It's just like a watery cave. So you're just going to do a poo in the water. Is that the idea? You just I think so. Just with down trowel and have a little privacy. Pop in the poop in the poop in the in the sea. Never done that. Anyone else? <laughs> I've never pooed in the sea. Duncan? Got a rare clean record for me as well. <laughs> I, I once um, picked up a human turd at um, Kaiwi Lakes. I thought it was a rare gemstone that I found <laughs> under, the, under the water. <laughs> And I dove down and I picked it up and I lifted it proudly. <laughs> and then I realised what I had done. <laughs> Is there any video footage of this incident? No, but Jessie Sakey, who is a real pod listener who may or may not be listening to this, was there to witness it and she can confirm. That honestly feels like it would be one of the like most popular gifts of all time. <laughs> Were it to exist in video. <laughs> I can't believe that six years on this podcast, we haven't heard that story before. I can't believe I haven't talked about the Kaiwi poo before. I <laughs> must have. It was, it's crazy how it much. Was a, it was a tipping point for me. <laughs> it was a turning point. It was an intersection. T- turning point. It was you changed one letter. Turning point. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Should we wrap it up? Got anything else to say? Um... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, I like, I just would like shout out some of the um, Treasure Island fashion. I'm really into um, oh, Candy yes. Lane's The Godmother parody singlet. <laughs> <laughs> and that's basically uh, I all. Also, I like, no, Chris's Legionnaire's hat thing is really good too. The kind of the full cover uh, hat with scarf attached type situation. Um, very Lawrence of Arabia. I like it. I just think it's, uh, I'm curious to know if their team colour outfits that they're wearing were supplied or if they were just told to bring those colours from home because they're, ver- they're extremely varied, like from like socks to to tight, tam- tight tank tops and none of them seem to be the same shade of the team colour as well. Just curious, just questions, just asking questions. Just asking questions. Uh, finally, I think before we go, we need to make mention of Chizo and how good it is to have him back and how no one else can do this job and how he got taken out in a challenge and just bounced back up and was like, oh, my God. He's so amazing. I am so intrigued by this, the bit in the tease that was mm. like, I have burnt my eyes. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. It's he just, just puts his body on the line. He's so committed to the role. I mean, I think Bree's really good as well. Um they're, they're a great combo. It's just a great show. I'm so glad that it's arrived at this particular moment in time, particularly for us in Auckland who don't have a lot to look forward to a lot of the time. And particularly particularly for us who do reality TV recap podcasts. Just feels like lovely timing. Important very generous of them. Okay, thank you very much, guys. Um, I'm very much looking forward to next week where we will be digging in even deeper to the excitement that is Celebrity Treasure Island. Thank you, I here, for recording. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, Duncan. Thanks to the Cornies. And thank you to our new listeners. If there are any, we thank you. <laughs> Catch you next week. <laughs> Kia ora e te iwi, te here. Podcast Manager at the Spin-Off. 
If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a spin-off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.